Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 83. It is a uh, casual kicking it episode with uh, me and Tom. Uh, just another one of these. We like to keep this tradition going. Uh, just give everybody updates from uh, Tom and me about our lives, what's going on with the Student Affairs Collective, and anything else that we feel like talking about. So um, we go into a lot of different stuff for this one. Uh, Tom gives some conference presentation tips. Uh, we talk about what we think uh, the future should entail and hasn't entailed yet for us uh, in honor of Back to the Future Day. Um, it was uh, October 21st when we recorded this episode, so it was very timely for us. Um, and we yeah, just talk about what's going on with the Student Affairs Collective and what you can enjoy right now and look forward to for the future. So um, it was a fun episode. Really enjoy uh, speaking with Tom whenever we get the chance to sit down and hang out and catch up so um as always uh, after this word about our uh, great sponsor uh we will get into this episode number 83 with me and tom all right and before we get into the episode i want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor the national center for student life which hosts the national conference on student leadership coming up next november 19th to the 22nd in washington dc Since 1978, NCSL has trained thousands of students and advisors in heart-centered, values-based leadership skills designed to help drive transformative change within the individual. And I've personally spoken at NCSL for the past five years, and I've seen firsthand how the NCSL conference helps students and advisors apply learning to address real challenges both on their campus and in their community through the NCSL Call to Action program. NCSL truly brings together the country's best leadership presenters into one place to give both the students and advisors a life-changing experience. And I'm always, I'm always blown away at the level of value received from their conferences. Also, I should note that NCSL was the first to offer students the opportunity to earn a digital badge to document their leadership development. So if you're looking for a national leadership conference to attend, I highly, I can't highly more recommend checking out NCSL at nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. That's nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. With that, let's get this show on the road. But so I had a I had a, a dentist appointment this morning um, to fill a cavity, and I've, I've discovered with dentists here's here's why they're just they're just like it, deep down inside of us we most people resent the dentist is because even though they numb us um, the noise still is is a is like a just a painful noise, and then it's this pressure it's like this grinding that goes on in mm-hmm. the tooth. And so you put both of those together, and then most of the time you don't feel any pain. But then occasionally they accidentally like, whoops, sorry, let's miss that, miss that spot, and then it shoots this massive pain through your, uh, through your mouth. And so I'm now anchoring that situation with that like massive pain for a short moment, and I just assume it's going to happen again, even though most of the time it doesn't happen. But that's why I, I don't think dentists can ever win. No. Yeah. That's it. And like, it's, yeah, I know, like, uh, I guess, especially with the dentist and then some, certain, like, medical things, 
it just seems so like medieval kind of like if just like the proceeding it, yeah, it's like a lot of chipping and like you know they might put like if you like mess up your ankle it's like yeah we're just gonna put some like bolts in there or something just like it's always just kind of interesting to me yeah, and especially the dentist because all they're doing really is just like sawing and sanding and grinding whatever and it's like you know we're just like picking at it you know and whatever it's just like there's gotta be a better way that's um, actually funny because i uh Every time I go in, I, it's just like my curious nature keeps asking questions. And I'd always like to ask every so often, it's like, what's, what's new? What's coming down the pipeline in terms of inventions with dentistry? Mm-hmm. And um, really not much. Maybe lasers, I heard. Lasers. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that, that would be, a, be a, a weird world, I guess, if you just go and it's just like like robotic arms that just like laser away plaque or something. I'm just like, just like going all over the place. They just like, okay, we're going to program like the like code of your mouth's parameters. And that knows where to like, just like do. I don't know. Like maybe if that's what they're thinking or just like, I don't know how lasers could work. They are 3d printing uh, teeth right now. Oh yeah. yeah. And they're doing it specific to each person. So that alone right there. Yeah. Cause I guess, yeah, I mean the x-ray and they would sort of have like your, you know, like the the parameters of like a, a of your mouth, I guess, and stuff they couldn't do. So I don't know. Okay. You know, we're recording this just so everybody knows on Back to the Future Day. So I feel like this is a very appropriate discussion of like, like, are we in the future yet? Like, do I need we need laser dentists to really feel like we're in the future and self driving right. flying cars and stuff. Yeah. But. So on that spirit, here's the question: What are the what are the top two things in your in, in your in the world right now for you that you think like that's the future and you see it happening right now? And what are the top two things you're like really we haven't figured that out yet? Oh. Man, um, two things that I feel like uh, makes me feel like I'm in the future. Um, definitely, like, I guess I'd have to say, like, sort of like cloud stuff. So, like, that's a huge thing that it just, like, is such a, it helps for, like, ease of use that there's just, like, just the global network of the internet and then, like, the smart home things and, like, that sort of integration of the internet into just, like, you know, I always have all of my files and uh, being able to, like, you know, check in at my house or check in, you know, the, the potential of being able to check in on my house from my smartphone sort of thing. Um, that definitely feels like the future. And the fact that we like, we have the technology for like electric self-driving cars, like that is probably going to happen in our lifetime. Um, definitely makes it feel like the future, but I think, um, All right, let, let me throw mine in yeah. before you share your two yeah. that are not future yet. So the two I was thinking, um, one is, uh, nano bugs. They're like they're they're bugs that are that are so microscopic, but they're going into the body, and they're 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 little computers that know how to go after the bad cells, mm-hmm. the cancerous mm-hmm. cells. Uh, I suspect that that's just gonna uh, it's happening now, but I suspect that that alone is just gonna like revolutionize the way we do medicine um, in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be one. The second one um, is uh, I, 3D printing. Uh, I, I said teeth earlier, but I'm going to go with one I saw recently is uh, they have this machine. It's, it's a large printer, so you can't you sort of have to like break your mold of what a printer is, but it 3D prints uh, houses. <laughs> what? <laughs> Google it, people. Yeah. A 3D house printer. And I saw one the other day. I haven't looked at I saw that video, but the other one I, I, I haven't seen yet, I, but I read the headline was 3D print your edible food. Like it, they print food that's edible like the words print and edible <laughs> just don't go together right. in the story i was reading they do so 
that would be that would be my other my other one. Yeah. 3D printing. Yeah, I just watched a video on three D printing stuff, and it still like amazes me. But like, and I I sort of get it, but. Because, yeah, they're, they're literally they call some of them, like, replicators because it's basically like Star Trek where it's just, like, you can say, like, computer, like, make me this. And it just makes you whatever you want. Like, it just creates things. Yeah. But uh, so that's definitely really awesome. I think one of my things that I've always said that I wish we had, and I, I, that's a way, like, I know I'm in the future, is if all doors could be automatic doors. Like, <laughs> everything is, again, just like Star Trek, just like, psh, 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 you know, opening it up because like so many germs, you know, like get transferred from door handles and stuff. And it's more efficient. Like if I'm carrying stuff, I can just like go through an automatic door and stuff and like all doors, automatic doors. Don't know why we haven't done that yet. Um, and that's great. That's great. I, don't know, I guess I don't know if I have another one of like what we haven't done yet, but um, I'll go with the crazy one. I just I wish we had actual lightsabers or laser pistols and stuff like just shooting lasers for guns and stuff. I don't know. Like that's that's when we're in the future. We don't have like ammo anymore. We just have like batteries that we like insert to recharge our laser pistols and stuff. Like that's you know I don't know. That's just a, a weird wild one because you know I wish it was more like Star Wars. Which Star Wars coming out soon? Get your tickets now. So. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I should say for the, the listeners, please note our, our we're going off of technology stuff. We're not going on like social challenges. So like clearly, yes, world hunger. Why is that still an issue? Stuff like that. So we're we're postponing the the the, the social aspect of it and going straight for Star Trek geekiness. <laughs> yeah, so. we sort of gotten into the, yeah that perspective. So certainly, yeah, good. <laughs> Good, you know, kind of asterisks to this uh, discussion. Yeah. All right. Here, here's, here's mine. I, I don't understand why we still sweat. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why have clothes not been invented to either just absorb naturally, just take the sweat out of us, or cool us down? And I know there's like they're playing around with that, but that just seems like a natural one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then uh, on that on that note, um, my second one would be why is my laptop still so heavy? Mm. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which again, I think both of those things, because it's like we've seen some progress on that, but it's like we want more, I guess. Like you're saying, it's like, yeah, there's like, you know, temperature control clothes and stuff, but it's like you would think that it would be more ubiquitous because that's such like a problem that everybody has. And then like laptops, you know, they have like MacBook Airs and other lighter ones, but it's like it seems like they could be even lighter or they could be even more. I don't know, efficient with like uh, all just, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, and, and they'll get there. We're, yeah. we're just not there yet. I'll yeah. throw in a third one, plumbing. What's up with plumbing? Why, why <laughs> is it still getting backed up? Why is it a problem? Why have we not? No, 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 no. Sorry, Dustin, I got I to gotta call an audible on this. Um, I'm going to go with uh, electric wiring. Mm. Yeah. Go through any town, and I'm like, every time I see a, a pole, one of those poles in the air and wires going through, I'm like, why do we still have this happening? That like these wires just kind of hang in the air, and trees fall on them, and they fall over, and then towns are without power. That seems to me like something that, why hasn't that changed? Yeah, put that stuff on the ground, man. Come on. <laughs> just like, because I guess that, that doesn't avoid all problems, but it avoids most of the usual ones, like you're saying, of like stuff running into those poles, like, or things falling on the wires. And, and it's just like, yeah, just put them in the ground. And then, like, most of the things aren't going to, you know, fall on it or hit it. Um, and the plumbing is another one. Because I guess it's like both of those, it's like most of the infrastructure of this country was built in like the 50s and stuff. And that's why, like, a lot of roads and bridges and different things are just like, I don't know, not not 21st century quality and stuff because that could be built 
if you built a city today, like it would have pretty much all of those things. I would imagine be like, you know, I, I, don't, I know. don't know. I, I would wonder. I'd, I'd like to see if you if you live if you're a listener and you live in a suburb that's a newer suburb and you're you're wiring for the electricity and the phone lines are all underground. Can you just let us know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that we know. And and if your roads don't deteriorate every uh, couple of years uh, with potholes because of the weather, can you let us know? These are the things that matter, people. Yeah, I think living in the Northeast my whole life, it's always like after the winter's over, it's like, man, those roads got like just annihilated, destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Like, that- I feel like people listening are like, are we still listening to the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast, or is this the Futurist podcast? Yeah, <laughs> we're just we're just kicking it here, you know. We're just talking Kick about it. stuff, you know. Um, yeah, and and just a preface for everyone who's listening and they are confused uh, what podcast this is. Uh, every every quarter, Dustin and I, uh, who who are the hosts for this podcast, we get together and um, we have this like uh, a swift kicking it, just chatting about what's happening in the world. Uh, is sometimes it's student affairs related. Sometimes it's our personal lives related. Um, and then, uh, and, and then hopefully sometimes we'll add some value into things that are relevant in the student affairs world as well, which I, I think we're going to get to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I appreciate this is kind of a, a tradition that we've been keeping on for, um, you know, almost at the end of kind of year two, season two here, we've, uh, done a handful of these episodes and it's, it's fun. Cause I think, yeah, it's, it's a more fun, but it's also still got good stuff in it. So, uh, we can, we can jump into uh, the stuff we wanted to talk about. That's a little more, uh, professional development kind of relevant for, before you do that, I just want to share uh, the, the word uh, traditional or tradition. Every, I used to work for a program, and we had a tradition within the program that anytime anyone said the word tradition, everyone had to go, tradition! <laughs> and it's still anchored in me now, and I almost yelled it out right as you said. This yeah, just like flinch. Like, yeah, just yeah, like... Tradition! That's <laughs> uh, funny. Cool. Um, so, yeah, well, I think the biggest one that was like what we kind of talked about for what we wanted to talk about for this episode um, and you you kind of nailed it right in the head that it's kind of good timing is uh, conference presentation. So uh, for like the big student affairs uh, conferences, NASPA and ACPA, people got their uh, uh, the word back on their program proposals and accepted the uh, the offers to present at these big national conferences. So um, I know you have a lot of experience speaking to to rooms of people um, about uh, the stuff that you do and all that. So I'm interested to hear what your uh, your advice might be to all these people. You know, there might be people that have never presented to a large national audience before uh, for a student affairs convention. What advice might you have for all these uh, presenters who now are going to be like, oh, oh gosh, I have to, you know, actually do this thing that I wanted to talk about? Um, what <laughs> what advice might you have? Yeah, that's it's it's a great one. And I was just at a conference and uh, I was doing the keynote, and then there were a bunch of grad students who were doing a lot of the ed sessions, and they sat in on the keynote, and then we had lunch together, and they're like, "Gosh, Tom, I really wish we would have sat down with you ahead of time and just asked you for like what are the best four, top four things." that we could do for our ed sessions to make them more effective. And, um, and I think that that's something that would be really valuable across the country for all these people, like you said, that are going into these into the NASPA ACPAs and the ACUIs and uh, NOTAs and gonna be presenting in, in, in a couple months. So um, here they are, here are my top tips. Number one, have music. Hmm. And there's a reason why clubs uh, uh, clubs and bars have their music playing because it fills the dead space and people feel more comfortable chatting and laughing when they're not the only one that's making noise 
And so from the moment you set up your computer or your laptop, have some sort of music playing in the background. And the rule of speaking is that whenever you're not talking as the presenter or the facilitator, there should be music playing. So that means in the beginning part, there's music playing. That means if you say, hey, turn to your neighbor and share with them your favorite tip from the last year, there should be music playing when they start talking to each other. Uh, at the end of the session, there should be music playing. So that's the rules. Whenever you're not talking, there should be some background sound happening. Oh, yeah. Totally agree with that one. That's a good one. And I'll add to that, uh, make sure it's their music and not your music. So if you're presenting to students, uh, I know you love, uh, I know you grew up in an era of Nirvana, uh, and uh, that's fine, but the students don't really care that much about Nirvana. Um, I know it's like life-changing for you, and it meant everything, and you'll have an emo emotional connection to it, but the students won't if you're speaking to students. So choose their music, not your music. Yeah. All right, tip number two. Uh, this one is one, this one's tricky for me because I, I fight the introvert extrovert uh, in me whenever I, I do this, but I know that by doing this, it makes my program uh, way more effective from the very moment I get on stage. So before I get on stage, I make it a point to go around and talk to as many of the people in the audience as possible and introduce myself as Tom. I'm going to be doing the keynote here today or the session. I just want to say hi ahead of time. <clears throat> have some kind of laugh with them that allows you to uh, uh, create that relationship, that connection, mm -hmm. so that they know you're a human being, they know you laugh, they know you, you, you're fun, so that by the time you get on stage, you look out and you've already laughed with half the crowd. It makes being on stage so much more effective and easy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't, I don't even... Never think about it. I guess I've done that sometimes because like I'll know somebody in the room and I'll kind of gravitate to be like, hey, thanks for coming in, like, and, you know, coming to the session and stuff. But, um, yeah, because I guess that, that would, uh, the kind of good outcome of that is just like if you are nervous, you can kind of like start to work the room a little bit and kind of, because I think that's what, like, I know like for comedy shows or stand up and stuff, they have like a warm up person. And if it's almost like you're doing a conference presentation, like kind of, do like you're your own warm-up person and kind of like start working the room and get yeah. them loosened up and and like kind of yeah like you said like share a laugh is you know the easiest way and best way to do that so yeah that's yeah. good that's good yeah Thanks. uh all right some more let's keep going i got some more here um let's go with uh this one's this one's an interesting one it's more of a a, a philosophical way to structure your speech mm -hmm. and and it starts with the brain and and so the brain ounce for ounce uh your brain uses the most amount of energy at any moment uh in uh, for anything in your body at any given moment so evolutionarily our brains uh have a huge expenditure meaning it costs a lot of resources to keep our brain going so what the brain does is it's constantly trying to find the answer to anything or compartmentalize it and then shut down. So it stops using the energy that it needs to function. Mm -hmm. And so what that means then in your space and as the facilitator or the teacher or the lecturer uh, is you don't want to give your audience the answer to what you're doing until the very end or until a later in the program. So the difference between this would be, imagine I walk into a room and I said, today we're gonna to talk about Abraham Lincoln. Unless you happen to be already super excited about Abraham Lincoln, most of us are just gonna shut down because we're like, oh, I already know the answer. So the brain shuts down, it stops paying attention. The alternative would be, hey, uh, how many of you have ever been to a theater before? 
You know, have you ever seen those box seats that are up in the corner? Well, there's this guy who went to the theater. <laughs> sad, sad story ending. <laughs> He's dead. Uh, um, uh, but that concept is called experience before label. So what we want to do is create the experience. Now, the experience is either a story or an activity, and then label it afterwards. So with that, so you tell the story and say the purpose of that story is now you label it. Yeah. Uh, or the, the purpose of that activity is or was, now you label it. Now they've engaged through the whole lesson. They built an emotional connection to what the learning is. And now you're going to attach the learning to that emotional connection. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I actually did, because um, I've been teaching a uh, first year seminar course. And I did something that was sort of like similar to that, where um, it was this activity where I say, okay, you get $86,400 to spend and you have to spend it on something you can't put it into a bank account and anything you don't spend uh, just goes away. So they like do their thing. And then afterwards we're like, okay, every day there's 86,400 seconds in a day. And if you don't use that time, you lose it. So it's sort of got that learning point at the end of like, oh, okay. Like, you know, they didn't know what I was leading to in the beginning, but we did this activity and they yeah. figured out what was important to them and what they just spend their money on and that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, yeah that's neat. That's a, that's a neat tactic. Cause yeah, I think people do want to like, I don't know, kind of get to the point quicker, I guess, or kind of just, I don't know. I, I guess there is probably that usual inclination to, you know, like you said, start off like, we're going to talk about this today. And like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Got it. Like, yep. yeah. Done. And the brain will check out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is, uh, do you want more? I, I, I you, you tell me, um, you got, I have, I have a lot. And so I could keep going or I could. <laughs> Let's go with like one or two more. I think that just any, any other ones you want to kind of, uh, you know, it's fine. kind of final thoughts on, on this topic. We can, we can move on. Uh, yeah. So I'll give, I'll give one, uh, a couple more. So this one, uh, this one I actually wrote about recently and I call it the four barriers every speaker should break to mm. better connect with their audience. And these are like the, the whether they're mental for the, the mental for the, the speaker or uh, physical. And so the first one is the podium or some table up front. It's so natural for us uh, to see that. And then if we're not an experienced speaker, we stand behind the podium or stand close or behind the table. Uh, so the first physical barrier is to get away from that podium or table. Just move away. You should know your speech. You should have it memorized. So you shouldn't need to look at your notes constantly. So step away from the podium. Step away from the table. Uh, the second barrier, now that you've done that, is step away from the stage. Step away from the front of the room. Go into the crowd. Uh, talk from the back of the room. Talk from the side of the room, the middle of the room. Uh, sit down in a seat. Something so that it's not anchored constantly to the front. Hmm. Uh, third one is oh, eye contact. Uh, there's a phrase, eyes are the gateway to the soul. So another way to say that is eyes are the gateway to attention. Uh, if you hold your eye contact with someone, and actually there's research done on this, that people who trust people more hold their eye contact longer. And so what I do then in my crowds with, with programs is I'll hold the eye contact just a little bit longer than normal. And it sounds like it's, it sounds like you're like, oh, that's going to be weird. But when you're in the speaker facilitator position, you get to do things like that. And it's not as weird as it might seem in like just a weird natural setting out in, uh, you know, like in, in Chipotle or something. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the last one, and this one's a tricky one. Uh, and I, I, I wave the caution flag with this, but uh, 
touch your audience. <laughs> and it sounds weird, but, um, but the idea of taking a, a physical touch releases endorphins in each other. When it's a positive physical touch, it releases endorphins in each other. And endorphins are the happy drug in the body. And so uh, as, the, as the facilitator, one of the things I'll do is I'll touch casually the shoulder of people. Um, and then if I, if I have permission, and this is where consent and permission comes in, and sometimes it's verbal where I'll ask, hey, can I use your ear for a second? And then I'll like <laughs> grab their ear or can I use your arm and I'll take their arm and I'll ask them. I'll get the consent first without just like doing it because mm-hmm. um, that, could, that could backfire. Uh, but get the consent and then physically touch because what happens is then that person gets an emotional or an endorphin release in their body that spikes up their energy, spikes up their attention span, and makes them feel like this is the best thing ever. And they don't even know why, but it's because of that physical touch. Gotcha. Yeah, well, and we'll link to the uh, blog post so people can check it out just to get the, the full picture. But um, okay. yeah, that's that's a lot of good stuff. And um, I got one more. One yeah, more. go for it. Go for this it. One. So, I'm uh, like processing okay. everything in my brain right now. I'm just like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dustin, have you ever been in a session and you know, you're standing up front or or you're in the crowd, either way, and um, you as a facilitator, the facilitator says, uh, uh, ask a question and tries to get like feedback from the group. So it's like, how many of you have ever, how many have ever had to struggle or how many, can, uh, give me, give the group an example of a time when you uh, struggled to get a student to pay attention in your class. And there's like that weird silence. Mm-hmm. Where like no one talks. Yep. And and then the facilitator waits. Sometimes they jump in too quickly. Most of the time, novice facilitators will jump in too quickly. But um, here's a trick to be able to get your people to pay attention uh, to to talk. So the first thing is it goes it, it, set up the set up the question, uh, which is yeah, how many of you have ever struggled to um, get someone to pay attention in class? Okay, that's the setup. Turn the so the first step is you can have them write it down themselves. Meaning, write, when I say go, write down on a piece of paper a time when, blah, blah, blah. So now they're actually writing it down. And by the way, you have music playing because you're not talking anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're writing it down. Then after 30 seconds of writing it, you can have them turn to their neighbor. And now they're talking with their neighbor. Again, music's playing. Then open up to large group. The biggest mistake is that people go, uh, facilitators go from question to large group. And the challenge is most people are still processing what their answer is going to be. And there's nerves around it because they haven't said it yet. So they're nervous about raising their hand and saying it. And so by writing it down, then turning to a neighbor, then doing large group, it allows them to have said it two times, either to themselves or to someone else. Then they'll raise their hand and feel more comfortable in that situation. They'll get the kinks out of the way with their neighbor. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Cause I've, I've seen that happen all the time, either when I, when I ask questions to people or being in the crowd and like, I'm sometimes like, I'm comfortable just kind of shooting my hand up, but it's always, I mean, the majority of people, yeah, aren't going to like, yeah. Cause they're still processing or they just haven't really kind of vetted the idea yet, um, bounced it off someone else or um, anything like that. So they, they want to have a little more confidence with their, their answer, a little more security and not like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to go and like make a fool of myself or something, which I think would never happen that like they would shoot their hand up and, or I guess I should say it would rarely happen that they would like just go in the big group discussion right after the question and say something. And then like everybody laughs at them or something. It's like, you know, they might've been like going for the joke or something, but you know, and then maybe that happens sometimes. Or if it happened once, somebody's like, I'm never just <laughs> jumping in with my answer again. Um, but, I would say also if, if they don't have time to write it down or like they don't have 
paper or pen, just turn to the neighbor. You can go with the neighbor first, and that that works just the same. Uh, it's not it, it's it's one less step, but mm-hmm. um, and it'll work. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, well, how about we just kind of jump into um, stuff that's going on currently or coming up with uh, Student Affairs Collector? Because there's always new new stuff going on, cool stuff to talk about, um, just to kind of uh, you know kind of share highlights of what's going on right now or coming up. So um, I know one of the big things uh, I know we haven't talked about on the podcast yet, and I'm sure uh, our listeners are aware, um, is stuff with like the the Student Affairs Professional Facebook group, and um, obviously we still have our Facebook page. So maybe just kind of explain the delineation that's going to be there and how the the Facebook group is going forward. Because I know we've uh, I don't know maybe just changed some things or structured some things a little bit more, and just uh, hear your perspective of what's going on. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so going start with the, the 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 core concept that the Student Affairs Collective continues to be a peer to peer learning environment where student affairs professionals are, are learning and growing from each other. And so the big things coming up, uh, one is if you haven't seen it yet, the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been taking a lot of the best blog posts on the site itself and uh, doing some cleaning up to them, reformatting them, getting some uh, visual imagery in there from Sue Caulfield and uh, creating uh, several books. And we now, we currently in the bookstore as of, as of this uh, podcast. I, there's uh, there's four titles under our umbrella, and then uh, two additional ones that are student affairs professionals. Uh, and I know uh, shout out to you, Dustin. That mm-hmm. uh, soon we're we're gonna have your book, the one that you wrote. That's a compilation of your blog posts coming up yes. uh, on the page as well. So yes. excited for that. Yeah. So that's a big one. Uh, the jobs board continues to, to grow and uh, be a place where I think there's 600 and some jobs being posted right now. And so if you're someone who's looking for a job, uh, go to uh, jobs.studentaffairscollective.org uh, or you just go to the home, home site and it'll take you right there mm-hmm. uh, for looking. Uh, then, as you mentioned, uh, actually, before I go over to Facebook, I'm going to say one more thing that's coming in the, the pipeline that we're working on right now is uh, our site tends to have a lot of serious stuff on it. Well, it depends. Some people say we're not serious enough. Some say people say we're too serious. So, you know, wherever you fall in that spectrum, one thing I know we don't have is a lot of laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so maybe it's light on content, but it's not necessarily laughter content. It's just light on content. So. We're actually going to launch, uh, we're launching um, an essay laughs section. And this is going to be a space for people to share the funny moments, the funny stories, the funny gifs, uh, things within the student affairs world that if you just need a break, you just need to get away from it and just have a good laugh. We're going to have a section on the site that allows you to go there um, and just scroll through and just just laugh it out because sometimes that's, that's good medicine. Mm-hmm. And so keep an eye out for that, hopefully in the next month, I think. Uh, it should be going live maybe in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Because yeah, I know there's a lot of like humor content out there in the student affairs blogosphere and stuff. So kind of curating some of that. And I know we like we put stuff in the newsletter too. And um, that will be really cool. Uh, yeah. And yeah, we'll link to, we'll just have like the direct links for the um, the bookstore and the job support down in the show notes too. So people just can have those readily available. But um, so yeah, so uh, the Facebook group, uh, I don't know what you want to say about that, but I mean, it's kind of mostly staying the same, but I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know, I guess changing a little bit, but I don't know, I don't know what your perspective is on it and like just what you'd want to share with the audience. 
most people know that, or if you don't, there's a there there there's been a long going. Uh, Phil Hernandez started a, a, a student affairs professional group on Facebook, and it's grown to almost nineteen thousand members. Uh, and and in in some aspects, that's an amazing opportunity for peer to peer learning. In other aspects, it's a it's a real challenge to manage that large of a, a community. And so uh, a couple months ago, Phil and I started talking about can we help support to make this uh, an effective community that extends the the work we're already doing in the podcast uh, in the, the the website and with SA Chat on Twitter. Um, and so. Uh, we've been for the past month now ramping it up slowly to to support and and really convert it from a space that was a bit unruly to a space that does have that peer to peer learning um, in a respectful manner where we can all learn and grow together. Uh, and right now, uh, it's it's it, we have a few things we're playing around with. I know Kevin Wright is helping out from the leadership team. He's going to start sharing photos uh, of different campuses and. Um, I've been up there with some posts, uh, polls recently, just asking questions, and so we're going to keep evolving it. But know that it's going to be a nice addition to uh, the the online uh, student affairs world that we've been growing uh, since uh, 2006, <laughs> 2005, 2005. Nice, yeah, because that yeah, it serves as like a. I know that's like groups has been like a really neat function and like uh, kind of thing about Facebook that's like worked really well for them um, that it's sort of just a, a discussion forum and like pretty much everybody's on Facebook and it just provides like a great kind of forum setting um, for uh, student affairs professionals and just us helping moderate it and stuff I think yeah, it's only gonna grow and continuously improve and obviously we still have our actual like Facebook fan page where like all of our content comes out and then the, the sort of forum uh, yeah. discussion place for people to um, talk about stuff and all that so um, I've, le I've learned a lot between yeah. Facebook pages and Facebook groups, and maybe we'll save that for another podcast down the road, because mm -hmm. uh, there, there's a big difference, and, and, and uh, I know that a lot of schools are struggling with that between, should I set up a page or should I, sh should I set up a group, and why is my group or page not getting the engagement it wants? So maybe yeah. we'll save that for another talk another time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that we can or talk about that's going on right now. Um, I mean, uh, like I was saying, season two here of the podcast is wrapping up. We'll be done uh, with regular weekly episodes on the 15th, sometime mid-December. Um, and we'll be coming back just in a couple weeks. It's the same thing that we did uh, last year, just taking a break for the uh, winter holidays. And uh, we have all our episodes lined up for the rest of the year and planning everything out for uh, next year. So, um so you'll have you'll have winter break to listen back to all the old episodes that uh, you haven't listened to yet. All of them will still be available uh, for perpetuity, you know, just uh, into the future. So, um, yeah, December <laughs> December fifteenth will be our season finale. Um, Don't you mean Back to the Future? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, look at that bringing a full circle. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna have to watch Back to the Future today. I've, I've been thinking about it and just yeah. Uh, I actually watched it last uh, week and a half ago. It's it's still a great movie. Yeah, it's so fun. It's one of my favorites. Um, so you should all watch it as well, especially if you've never seen it before. Um, do yourself that that favor and then you know treat yourself to watch Back to the Future. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else in your mind that you'd want to mention? I, I feel good. I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. You had a lot of good 
advice and insight on presentations and now i feel like i'm gonna be like uh i don't know cursed with like knowing like why aren't you playing music right now or something <laughs> like i like have to like nudge them be like hey you should put music on right now it'd really help out like um but yeah I don't, what, what else is on your mind i don't know if you're if you're good for now and uh yeah what, what else you might want to talk uh, about I'm, I'm gonna be at noda oh here's the thing so it's been a fun thing uh, and i dustin you may have experienced this as well mm-hmm. I, I travel just a bit more so i i get to go i see a lot more conferences and 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 schools and uh it's a lot of fun when someone comes up and says i'm a listener of the podcast so if you're out there and you're going to be at a conference or a school that you know either I or Dustin are going to be at, come say hi to us. Uh, let's take a selfie. We'll give you a shout out. Maybe even in future episodes, we'll set up a, like a, oh, I, I want to give a shout out to so-and-so because I met them at the NOTA conference or yeah. whatever it might be. Uh, so if you, if you uh, are out there and, and you see one of us at some place, uh, please come up and say hi. It's a lot of fun for us to know that it's not just our moms that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like putting a human face on the listeners. Like I've had that happen a few times, and it, it is very nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would definitely love to hear from our from our audience and our listeners. And um, yeah, on that note, I'm going to be at NODA. I'm going to be at NCSL. Uh, I'm going to be at uh, a, a a PCA um, and. Uh, well, NCSL is coming up and then they have one in the spring too. Uh, and then some NACAs too. So if you're going to be at any of those, uh, let me know. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, we could definitely, you know, give people shout outs and like link to the Instagram photos of the selfies and stuff. It'd be really cool to highlight our audience and stuff. Cause now it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's just great. Always great to, to hear from people and see who's listening and stuff. So, um, yeah, I Dustin, guess with yeah. Dustin, I I have a um, I have a bonus tip. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you just can't let it. You just like I can't let it go. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's the bonus tip. Uh, if you ever if you ever like had your if you ever tried to get your audience to say, um, all right, everyone, go ahead and cross your arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may get 50, 60, 70 percent to do it. Here's a trick to be able to get 100 percent participation. And I said 100 percent. That's a big bar. Here's mm-hmm. a trick. When you do it. As soon as you say, all right, everyone, when I say go cross your arms, as soon as you do, you say that, then say, check your neighbor, make sure they have their arms crossed. As soon as you say that second part, check your neighbor, it's almost like some magic force comes into the room and anyone who wasn't doing it now does it because now their neighbor, it's almost like you're getting everyone to, to, to check on their person next to them mm-hmm. and, and emotionally draw them in. And now there's this weight of like, oh, my neighbor is looking at me. And their neighbor will say, get your arms crossed or whatever. That, so you don't even have to say it. Oh, yeah. It's social pressure, that obligation and stuff. That's, uh, that's huge. And actually, like, I just, because um, I've been taking, like, Coursera courses on marketing and stuff. And there's, like, the idea of uh, when uh, people will sell a product for, like, pay what you want. Most people, like, or a lot of people, like, I, I can't remember if it's like most of them or uh, what the breakdown is, but a lot of people will just like, they'll pay something out of like sort of that social pressure, that social obligation where like, yeah, you don't want to be that one guy in the room when everybody's crossing their arms that's not doing it, you know, or like, you don't want to be the one person that's just like, oh, I'm just going to take advantage of this thing and like not pay anything for it. So, um, that is sort of like a, when you're, yeah, you're trying to like get people to do a thing and whatever that is, social pressure can kind of be good. So, like, if you, provide the, you know, uh, the metrics of like, well, this many people are doing a thing or, you know, or listening to whatever, whatever, you know, that that's just like a smart strategy. I feel like just to yeah. try to convey like, you know, it's a worthwhile thing to do because other people are doing it that, you know, um, which I get, it's like, it's, I guess some people might be like, you know, it's like manipulation or something, but, 
I don't know. It's it's a positive. Uh, <laughs> you're trying to get it's people a, to do a thing that's to their benefit, you know. It's a positive yeah. way to get people to do to act. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, certainly a sneaky facilitation trip. These are all just facilitation tricks. Yeah, yeah. I think and it's a lot of good stuff that um, people, you know, because now they're they're planning out their uh, the specifics of their presentations. I think it'll be to benefit of many professionals that are listening that are going to be presenting soon. So uh, appreciate you sharing all your insights, Tom and. Um, yeah, I guess this this is about it for the episode, and we can uh, I'll let you go and get on to whatever else you might need to do for the day. But it's always good to always good to talk to you, Tom, and we will uh, we'll probably be chatting again for the the final episode of the season. So I'll definitely uh, at least talk to you then, if not sooner. Great, Scott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, my, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits eighty eight miles an hour, you're gonna see some serious. Something happened. Oh, uh, uh, family friendly podcast. Oh, that's heavy, Tom. That's heavy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yes, go watch Back to the Future, people, and go enjoy that awesome movie. All three of them, maybe just the first one. My favorite's the second one. You know, whatever you have time for, you know, maybe make time for it. Make, make as much time as you need. Get some popcorn. Do the whole thing. Enjoy an awesome movie. It's, it's fantastic. I have the little Marty McFly, like, bobblehead figure thing um it's so great it's, it's a great movie i can't i can't say enough good things about it it's just fun time travel sci-fi it's great it's great um but yeah so tom i will talk to you later we'll wrap this episode up and uh yeah have fun i guess uh because we're going off to to Noda here soon so have fun at the conference and i will uh i will talk to you later all right cheers see ya right, bye, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.